Hi everyone, this is Chelsea Lee Truscott, breakup coach and podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak, and this is episode 89. This is day 24, question 24, though we're going to skip over question 24. I'm going to tell you what it is, then you'll find out why we're skipping it. We're going to go into question 25. I'm just feeling all sorts of ways though right now. I got to tell you, I don't know if like, I, I don't know, is it hot and I'm feeling cold? I just, I feel... I feel something today. I woke up and I felt like, well, I felt it last night, really. And then I woke up this morning and I kind of addressed it more. I was like, last night, just inside of me, I felt like there had been this turning point. And today, I have like chills about it. I really do. Part of it was I felt like last night, it was this revelation that, oh my God, I feel like I'm just breaking my stride as a single person. Is that mind-boggling? That's my dad's favorite word, mind-boggling. I just feel good, guys. I feel strong. I feel solid. And maybe it's been something about doing this challenge. Showing up on days when I didn't want to show up, answering questions in the heat of the moment, not preparing anything, not knowing what I was going to say, not liking what I said afterwards, forgiving myself, continuing to go, continuing to answer, seeing I could do it every day. Maybe it's something really about this challenge. It's put a lot into perspective. Again, you can start out and you're talking so much about your acts and then you see that you're making them so, 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 so relevant. And then it's like, why? And sometimes I feel like we make people or we keep people relevant so we still have that cord of familiarity. We need that reference point because that was the point of familiarity, that point of love. The drama keeps us close to someone still. And then through a challenge like this, it's also taking responsibility of why you chose to no longer be close in the way that you were. I've really had to take responsibility for that. That was my choice. Then like it shifts off of talking about my ex that happened, I think like halfway into the month, the questions changed. And then it was about really life now. And I started to see that really all the reasons I chose to not be with my ex, I've made all those things happen. I've acted on all those promises that I made to myself. And that's really empowering. I didn't break up with someone and sit around and pout. And none of the things that I wanted to come to fruition came to fruition because I just sabotaged my efforts. It's strange. I have had this just running right next to me through my life, through this breakup, has been him. It's true. Like I, I will admit that. It's been the thought of him, the thought of what's happened in the aftermath, the sadness about that. And yet I haven't let the sadness keep me from living. And that's quite unlike me. And so I think it says something different about the sadness. Like maybe it's not really sadness. Maybe, maybe I just lost sight of, of it. Maybe I haven't like stepped into really the power of the decision I made that hit me a few days ago during this challenge. It hit me that why am I not standing up and applauding myself 
for being able to be someone and do something that I was never able to do before, which is to break up when I knew it was necessary. That takes a strong person, and I am that person. And not only was I able to let go, I was able to put my dreams into motion on my own. I think what has I've just like woken up to is that I really used to be a person that had to have a man in my life because I love men and men made me feel alive and they made me feel light and they made me feel dedicated. They brought my energy up like I needed a man to wake up for because nothing in my own life was inspiring enough. I wasn't engaged in my own life on my own. I literally just waited until the man would come to take me out into the world. And I never have felt dependent upon men, but my mood was dependent upon the other and being relation to the other. I then read this quote that was something along the lines of, you have to have something in your life that is more important than love. And I was never that person. Like, no, love was the most important thing. And I think it's been this really spectacular evolution to be in this place for over a year where love has not been the most important thing in my life. Me feeling alive in my life has actually been the most important thing. Me making a dent in this world and in my life has been the most important thing. Me living into myself has been the most important thing. Last night, I remember, you know, I was going to sleep and it hit me like, oh my God, life kind of feels like a romance right now. I swear, I mean, I don't know if you would laugh at that, but honestly, I didn't think life could feel romantic unless I was in a relationship. I'm not in a relationship at all. I don't even know if I've emphasized that enough to you guys. Maybe I will really go there with you, but there is not any romance in my life per se and yet my life feels very romantic so much of that has to do with the way in which i'm treating myself and also the way i'm treating other people in my life in a sense no one else used to be as important as the person i loved i mean literally they would like skyrocket somehow over my parents within days i mean not really but yeah kind of it's like they were the go-to everything they knew everything Instantly, instantly. And everyone else took like this really big backseat. And somehow it's like all these relationships in my life, all these new relationships, friendships, I've made them each as important to me as someone that I might love. And by that, I mean that when I'm present to someone, I'm entirely present as I used to only be or allow myself to be, or feel comfortable enough to be, for the person I was having sex with. This feels like true freedom. This feels like an honest act of love, is being able to be present and attentive and invested and caring for someone and looking through their eyes when you have no pull to them physically, sexually. I don't know, I'm just loving loving where I've come. I'm loving where I've got myself. And I know that I've been here, but suddenly it's just feeling like more and more revelations. The comfort and ease that I have feels like a... F my dad told me I got to stop cursing because everything is my reputation in life and the F word will sour my reputation. So I just caught myself. Thank you, Father. 
my comfort and ease with where I am in myself is a revelation. I used to feel so uncomfortable in my body, out in the world, beside people. Like I could feel myself all the time. Literally, my body was this cage. I could barely move. I wish I had myself on film back then so I could see if it really looked the way it felt. I used to say that I felt like I was moving through the world and it felt like I was moving through molasses. That is exactly how it felt. And there was such sadness to the reality of that, to being stuck in that. Do you understand when you feel like that, how slow I was living my life, how unable I felt to actually move through the world? I I really wasn't taking myself far. I mean, no wonder I was just sitting in place waiting for someone to come and swoop in and visit me, swoop in and love me, swoop in and, like I said on last night's episode, drag me out into the world. The fact that I'm not that person anymore is a miracle. And I don't know if I would have believed it because for a long time, I felt like it had been so many years of this struggle that I would just never get myself back. And it's amazing that I've gotten myself back. And it has been when I've been without a relationship. That just shows me how dedicated I am to myself and to my life and to other people that I'm not romantically tied to. Wow. Wow might be the episode title today. Today's date is February 27th, 2019. Today I want to feel aware. I want to feel aware of how I am feeling this difference. I don't want to shove it down. I want to be in that awareness. Day 24's question that we're going to skip over because I really feel like we got into it yesterday is where in your life do you need to be in order to take advantage of that door opening? And so when I say that door opening, it was the idea that when a relationship ends, it's one door closing. And if you could think about what's happening afterwards as another door opening, what would that door look like? What would be behind that door? Where would you need to be in your life to take advantage of that door opening? What kind of person do you need to become in order to walk through that door with absolute faith in yourself and all that is awaiting you on the other side? In very simple terms, I think that part of it is an element of fearing less. Not being fearless, that's a huge word, that's a huge expectation for yourself, but fearing less, really having faith, and then not putting so much attention on having so much certainty in your life of being so certain about outcomes, about what is that going to look like on the other side of the door? What is this going to mean? What is this going to deliver to me? But really rolling the dice and taking chances and trusting that you moving through doors is special enough. It is, it's rewarding enough. It's a reward in itself that you are literally putting yourself in motion because you putting yourself in motion is you taking a chance on yourself. It's really you betting on yourself that you can lead your life. That's really the quote for day 24. We don't want to go over that. Ludwig Wittgenstein. I can't say any of these names. It's so embarrassing. Do you know that I don't even say my own name right? Whenever someone asks me my name, whenever someone on the street asks me my name, no. At like a Starbucks, they never get it right. And I always say, it's not you, it's me. I don't even know how to say my name. 
Chelsea Lee Truscott. No one hears that right because I don't say it right. So, a man will be imprisoned in a room with a door that's unlocked and opens inwards as long as it does not occur to him to pull rather than push. We're always pushing for something to happen. What about that pull that we can have over our own life? That pull. A man will be imprisoned in a room with a door that's unlocked and opens inwards as long as it does not occur to him to pull rather than push. Oh my God, you guys, it just reminded me. When I was a kid, I was at like this, oh God, it felt like this special little world, like this garden party, this tea room. I was really young and I went to the restroom and I was trapped in the restroom, in this tiny little room. I was like losing my mind. I was hysterical. I thought I was gonna be left to die in there. And I was banging on the door. And I think if I remember correctly, it didn't occur to me that the door was a sliding door. I was literally trying to push my way out. Pretty sure, I was young. I'm pretty sure it was like a sliding door that locked. And I was pushing on it. There was no handle, it just slid. Yeah, man, I've been the person that didn't realize just how imprisoned I was in rooms, in my body, not realizing that all along it was unlocked and it just opened inward. Day 25's question is, how could you respond to setbacks more powerfully so your spirit isn't reduced by them? If you responded more powerfully to setbacks, how do you imagine you'd feel about them and their influence on your life? If a setback didn't hold such a negative connotation, what other word would you use to describe it? If a setback didn't hold such a negative connotation, what other word would you use to describe it? The word that comes to my mind instantly is very simple. It's a quick one. Pivot. If a setback didn't hold a negative connotation, what word would I give it? I'd give it the word pivot. Oh, that wasn't a setback. That was just a pivot in the next direction, in the better direction. Our heart breaks to move us closer to the next greatest thing for us. It's kind of the same idea. Our heart doesn't break to destroy us. It doesn't break to deprive us. It breaks to encourage us toward what is meant for us next. And I'm careful not to say what's meant for us ultimately because we can become so enclosed and just transfixed on this idea that our heart breaks because we're not supposed to be with that person. We're supposed to be with the next person. This person is the one. And I think that this is just, it's too much pressure to put on ourselves or to put on anyone. And it makes, it makes everyone so overly dramatically important. It, it just, I hear it, it's just, it's too much. I hear it and I, I, oh my God, this was something else that it was a revelation yesterday. I was going through subways and, you know, you know, subways you know, just got a lot of thoughts. I mean, are, are we all just thinking through so many things all the time? So I remember I was going through one subway and I, it just hit me. Not only do I not want to use that hashtag forever you, but it's just as like when we meet someone and we instantly start telling ourselves and then other people that this person is the one, like what? 
And I was thinking like, yes, at the same time, you hear people say they just knew. But how many of those people that just knew also like the next day just started announcing all that? I don't know. Sometimes it's like we don't give ourselves the opportunity to even know anyone before we determine who they're going to be for us. It's like not even like we see people as an individual, like on their own, their own entity. We just meet someone and they're fantastic and they're special and they're intriguing. We don't allow them to exist on their own as this person that we're trying to discover. Instead, they suddenly become someone for us. They're going to be my husband. That's my future wife. It's all like for you. It's so ego-driven. I don't know. Over it. Over it, guys. So how would I respond to setbacks more powerfully so my spirit wasn't reduced by them? How could I respond to setbacks more powerfully? It's the whole, instead of asking yourself, why did this happen to me? It's asking yourself, why did this happen for me? Instead of, you know, crying wolf, it's becoming curious and having enough courage to be curious, to be invested in in the chance that this is exactly the way something was meant to go. Instead of trying to rewrite and control what's been done or what has happened, trying to manipulate it into something else, out of fear, out of panic, out of loneliness, out of all these other things, but really fear, it's like just putting some space and some peace between things that happen and saying, If I had my hands held behind my back so I couldn't text my ex, so I couldn't text all my friends about what this meant, where would I encourage myself next? Where would I let life take me? And could I just give myself over to that moment, trusting that I need to stop trying to influence everything so much for things to work out my way? Can I let myself be surprised about how things might turn out? It almost forces us to stop trying to rush our life You know, we're trying to rush our life into meaning, into security, into status, into positioning. So then we can position ourselves as worthwhile or someone that's at peace in their life, someone that's found it, that's got it, that doesn't have to search anymore. And I think that instead of, you know, associating setbacks with now we have to go search for something, it's just... How can we be inspired by something? In one of the episodes I spoke about, and this was revelation to me, instead of looking at my past relationships and the perks, as I called them, and saying that those perks are only reserved for that relationship, that's the only place I'm ever going to get that perk, and it just died with that relationship, look at it instead as like, what came out of that? And how can that inspire me to be more of that way? You know, instead of thinking, oh, those children were the only children that I could show this selfless love for, that I could show this sense of being a giver for. How can I look at those children as inspiration? Like they inspired me to behave that way? And could they inspire me and be an example going forward that I have that in me and that brought me great joy and I could do that for others? Could they, instead of just being something, they're the only ones that are ever going to be that way for me, did they show me a part of myself that I wasn't courageous enough to see, that I'd been waiting to see in myself? And can they now forever be the inspiration that I had this joyfulness, that I 
acted really brave in moments, that I acted really carefree in moments, that there was a youthfulness, that my relationship wasn't so self-centered. You know, I'd really been very self-centered in relationships. It was always about me and my boyfriend. And then I was in this relationship when it was about children as well. And I allowed that to happen. I loved that it happened. So how can these elements inspire me? even about myself and where I'm at, and how can I use them as a source of inspiration, of an example of how I was and how I can be now. If I responded more powerfully to setbacks, how do I imagine I'd feel about them and their influence on my life? I would see them as defining moments where I was being set up for greatness, was being set up for sensitivity that helped me relate to other people, and helped me inform my life. But also, it was this, you know, dare to my soul. A setback wasn't a blow to my ego as much as it was a dare to my soul. Chelsea, how much resilience do you really have? Chelsea, you think you've quote-unquote pivoted like this, and now you are forever healed and forever someone that can get back up, can you? And if you don't get back up as quickly as you imagine you should, will you forgive yourself? Will you not be so frustrated by yourself? Will you explore that? Will you allow every situation to be different? Will you allow every setback to have its own atmosphere, to have its own timeline, to have its own evolution, to be its own thing? I think that maybe if I was going to respond more powerfully to setbacks, I would see a setback as a relationship in and of itself. So it's setback is really becomes kind of the relationship maybe I have with myself, the relationship I have with the things I love, the things I have to let go of, the relationship I have with permanence. A setback is a relationship that I start to see that I have with myself, with my own, again, resilience. And maybe I'd look at that relationship as something to be explored, something to be entertained, something to have love towards, something to give compassion and have self-care, something to let itself play out, something not to rush, something that I don't have to know everything about, something that, again, I'm really exploring just like I would with a love relationship. You guys, I think I'm coming into something here. Maybe that's enough right now. Hopefully this kind of gave you some excitement to think about this yourself. Tonight, I am going to this wine tasting, and in between the wine tasting is this opera show. It's at Soho House, which I want to remind you that if you are a client of mine in New York City, you guys get to be my plus one to all these events. Just FYI, and I think it would be a fun thing. You know, I'm not an opera person, but I am a wine person, and I'm someone that likes to experience life and experience presence to be moved by something so i'm doing this myself and i would love to have you there with me in the future let me repeat the question for you and then we will hear what the quote is for the day how could you respond to setbacks more powerfully so your spirit isn't reduced by them if you responded more powerfully to setbacks how do you imagine you'd feel about them and their influence on your life If a setback didn't hold such a negative connotation, what other word would you use to describe it? The quote of the day is from Al-Anon, which was the game changer in my own life.
If you don't like being a doormat, then get off the floor. Dude, wake up call, right? Those are some good instructions. If you don't like being a doormat, then get off the floor. Stop doing what you're always doing. Stop doing the very thing you're complaining about. Stop being the thing that you're bothered by. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for being here with me, continuing to give me a chance, continuing to take a chance on you and your own healing. 